you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky back with you. Buck, what's going on, man? Not too much, man. It's, it's, it's always great. Football weekend here upon us. We get a chance to see college and pro games. It's, it's, it's live. It, it is on. And, you know, we talk about this all the time, but now it's really on us. It won't stop until the middle of February. Like, it's kind of crazy that <laughs> we're we're now on the treadmill, and the treadmill will not slow down into the middle of February, and then it goes to a different version because then we talk about the draft stuff. So I'm excited. I'm starting to get started. Yeah, today today what we're going to do, look, we kicked off the season last night, but this episode's all looking ahead because we've got a full slate of games. And, you know, normally we'll cherry pick some games, handful of games here or there, and we'll really do a deep dive. This week, week one, I think we should just go through each game and I, I do believe week one is a learning opportunity for all of us. We're going to find out something in this game. We've been talking about it all offseason. Now we're going to get a chance to see it. And I think some questions will get answered. So we're going to go game by game. Uh, maybe the one question each of us are looking to get answered in that matchup. So we'll have a chance to go through the entire slate of games. But one thing we did not hit yesterday, uh, I do think we need to touch on it today. Just uh, quick thoughts at the top here. Nick Bosa, highest paid defensive player in the league. Uh, not a surprise that that uh, that's the number he landed on, but just your overall opinion on the timing of it and, and how this thing got done. Uh, I think it, it, it continues to spotlight what we've talked about in the team building process. It is now all about the piece. It's about passers, your quarterbacks. It's about pass rushers, inside and outside guys that can get after the quarterback. It's about playmakers, namely uh, your wide receivers. And then, you know, those are the guys that get paid. And if you're not in those positions, you're not going to get what we call old quarterback money. Yes, there'll be an occasional guard that gets paid. Uh, there are two cornerbacks uh, who are over the $20 million mark. But right now, DJ, if you're not a passer, a pass rusher, a playmaker, or a pass protector, you're not getting into that high cut. You're not getting into that $25 million plus category and so we have to accept it everyone has put a lot of the emphasis and focus on the running backs it's not the running backs that are just being excluded if you are not directly impacting the passing game you're not going to get paid that's just the way the game is and that's just the way teams are building uh and compiling their rosters yeah i, I look at it buck and the three words that i wrote down um you look at performance that nick bosa had last year okay mm -hmm. that's Defensive player of the year, enough said. He was the best player in the league uh, on that side of the ball. Leverage. This is a team that that's ready to win right now. Okay, mm -hmm. They are ready to go. This is not a team that can afford to, to have their best defensive player miss a handful of games and get behind the eight ball. They, they're, they're ready. This is their year. They feel that. Um, so you've got that standpoint, leverage. The third one is just timing. You've got your quarterback on a rookie contract making no money. So mm -hmm. it's a perfect storm for an agent. You know, it. As an agent, you dream of things like this. Okay, I've got all – he just came off his best year, best defensive player in the league. This team is ready to win right now. This is their year. And, oh, by the way, don't give me the excuse that our money's tied up elsewhere. You're paying your quarterback like $2 million bucks. Like this is this is this is on you. Like basically, here's my number. 
call me when you're ready to meet it. That That's how that negotiation goes down. That's how the negotiation goes. And a lot of people have really, the last couple of weeks, have taken the 49ers to task over the whole Trey Lance thing. But in going back and reading articles that we have up on NFL.com, the CEO, Jed York, talked about our ability to be in the young quarterback business allowed us to get the likes of Javon Hargrave, allowed yep. us to pay Nick Bosa and those guys. So when everyone is thinking specifically about the quarterback, when you really think about the team building process, the best thing to ever happen to the Niners is they don't have a quarterback on a big money deal because it's really allowed them to build one of the strongest rosters that we've seen in the National Football League. If Brock Purdy becomes that franchise quarterback that they think, or if he becomes a big money quarterback, or if they have to eventually get one, yeah, it changes the way that they have to build. But right now, the next three years or so, the Niners are set up to make multiple runs at the Super Bowl because they don't have to lock in 50 plus million dollars to the quarterback. And DJ, what I'm curious is Dak Prescott might be the next quarterback to be in line to get re-signed. Yeah. At some point when you're management, when do you say, you know what, I like Dak, but I'm not paying $55 million for a quarterback. I'm not paying $55 million for a quarterback unless he can do what Pat Mahomes does. When do we start to have that conversation? Where's that line? You know, where is that line where you're happy paying that money? Because at some point, if I'm ownership, man, I'm not paying $50 million plus to a quarterback that I don't feel great about in terms of being able to put the franchise on his back. No, not, oh, he can put it on his back if he has this passer, this pass catcher, this pass protector, this, that. When is it? No, 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 you make us right. Because I'm not going to spend all the money otherwise. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I just pulled it up right now because I wanted to see it. So Bryce Young was the first pick in the draft, Buck. Was four years, $37.9 million. So an average annual salary of 9.4. So that's as the first pick, right? So that's just saying, man, only one of those a year. So if you get a rookie quarterback, and let's say he's not the first pick, let's just put the number at eight. Say, say the number is seven or eight. Let's just mm -hmm. go eight, put a nice round number on that. If we're saying Dak, the number is going to be 50. Okay, the question then is not Dak versus the rookie. It's Dak versus the rookie plus $42 million you can go shopping with for the rest of your roster. So we said this a long time ago. I call flag for it, but we talked about uh, using the quarterback like college and people. You were way ahead of your time. You were Because like, you said that like, like three years ago we had that conversation. Like, when, are, when are we really going to do that, though? Because at some point, DJ, when you just look at it from a sensible standpoint, unless you have a – Top eight quarterback. Let's just cut it off at eight. A top eight quarterback. Why, why am I paying exorbitant amounts of money for a quarterback that I just know is average to good? Mm -hmm. I don't mind paying for great. I'll always pay for great. But, man, I don't want to pay for average to, to good. I want to pay for great. And if I'm not getting great, man, then I, I need to go back in the pool so I can reset the salary cap and I can pay everybody else so the roster can be good. At some point, we have to do that. And at some point, we also have to challenge coaches to come up with systems that allow us to play with young quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. That's the next thing. So I'm not saying if more college coaches come in, but at some point, we have to have a system that is young quarterback friendly that allows us to do uh, the manipulation with the roster where we can do those things and have a quarterback on a cheap deal having success. Yeah, I think it's a discussion that has to take place. You have to decide, okay, this is, you know, it, it's one thing to say he's good enough. He's good enough at this number. Like, that's the conversation. Like, yeah, he's good enough. We can win games with him. 
absolutely. But he's good enough at this number. Once he gets to that number, and now it costs us player A, B, and C that have to subtract from our from our equation. Now he's not good enough anymore. I'm out because the more we pay him, the more we have to expect from him. And yeah. so if we're paying him franchise elite money, we're paying him fifty million dollars. Well, I expect him to be able to do what Pat Mahomes does. Oh yeah, we're gonna take away your all pro receiver, but you still should be able to function. Mm-hmm. And he did it, and he went to the Super Bowl. So to me, that's the standard. That's the expectation. I remove an all-pro player from Pat Mahomes. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. We, we still perform at that same Super Bowl level. Your quarterback has to be able to do that if we're going to justify the cost that they're getting. Because they just can't get the money just because they play quarterback. It has mm-hmm. to be something that comes along with that from a production and a performance standpoint. That's a fun discussion, man. We could go on and on, but I want to jump into these uh, these games here. So we're going to go every game, Buck. I'm going to give you uh, the opportunity. Just give me the one thing that you want to get answered. So the one question you have in the game could be either team, could be the you know what we're going to see in the game. But let's go uh, one question you want to get answered. Let's start Carolina Panthers at the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. How do we get Bryce Young ready to play? How did the Panthers get Bryce Young ready to play at a high level right out the gate? They talked about this playbook being one that they are kind of working in progress. Went through the preseason, added the preseason done. They want to take those two weeks to reset, recalibrate the playbook, and then make it Bryce Young friendly. Let's see what that looks like. Because he got hit a lot in the preseason. Can they change the protection schemes? Can they find a way to allow him to get the ball out of his hands and have success? To me, the question about this game is all about Bryce Young and how Bryce Young plays in game one. Yeah, I, I think that's the the obvious one there. I think you nailed it with Bryce. See what he looks like. Um, excited about his future, a little bit concerned about his present, you know, just with what's around him. I'm going to go with the question on the other side, and that's, you know, is it time? Is it here? Has it arrived? The positionless football that we've talked about on our show for years, others yeah. have picked up on the conversation. We've seen it defensively mm-hmm. get traction. You know, we've seen guys – you know, the Derwin James, the Jeremy Chins of the world, all these different guys that have all these multifaceted skill sets you can use in different areas. The Atlanta Falcons with Arthur Smith have the opportunity with their personnel to be mm-hmm. truly positionless and line these guys all over the field. So I, I'm curious to see, are they going to get weird in Atlanta? That's what I'm looking forward to. That's a great conversation. And the way that they can get weird is by having all those um, mega athletes bouncing around. But a lot of their success would depend on Desmond Ritter. So Desmond Ritter being able to play with a positionless squad on offense is key. Can he be the point guard to make sure that everyone gets the ball where they need to get it so they can be successful? The team around him is outstanding. But is he good enough to get them going? Yeah, positionless ball is going to be a big key uh, down in Atlanta this year. I hope that I hope they do it. I hope they keep the same personnel group out there, Buck, and they line them up all over the field. You know, Kyle Pitts playing receiver and tight end, and you're going to see Bijan in the slot out wide in the backfield. I mean, they have so many different pieces they can use. You know, with Drake London with his size, what he brings to the table. I mean, they have chess pieces all over the board uh, for for the Atlanta Falcons. All right, Cincinnati Bengals at the Cleveland Browns. Mm. Deshaun Watson, year two. I want to see Deshaun Watson with Kevin Stefanski. Um, can he get back to being the top five quarterback that we saw his last season in Houston? Kevin Stefanski and this team, I, I look at the cast that Deshaun Watson has around him. There are no excuses in, in terms of him not being able to perform at a high level. He has wide receivers. He has the top running back in football. He has a good offensive line. Now it's about Kevin Stefanski putting 
him in a situation to thrive. Looked good during the preseason, but now we need to see it in game action. The Browns' success will hinge on how Deshaun Watson plays his second season in Cleveland. Yeah, that's the Browns' side of it. When I flip it over and look at the Bengals, I feel like the question's always going to be the same. Now, now it looks like Burrow's going to play. Came out and said uh, he's healthy, he's ready to go. We're going to see Joe Burrow in this game. To me, it, it's always what does this offensive line look like? And when you've got Orlando Brown coming in uh, to take over as your left tackle, hey, have fun. First ma- first route out of the box. Who's that? Oh, yeah, that's Miles Garrett, who's playing in a Jim Schwartz scheme, which means mm-hmm. he's going to be lined up in the parking lot with about a 20-yard runway uh, coming your way. So this is going to be a great challenge for them up front with the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line, not only because Joe's coming off injury, but it it is what it is. That's been the question mark with this team since Burrow got there. Uh, everything else, they're good to go. Yeah, they are good to go. And, I mean, they, they have so much uh, at the disposal. It's just a matter of, like, getting this team ready to go. I remember last year, this team got off to a slow start, uh, but still kind of climbed their way back into the postseason. I want to see them start fast. I just want to see this yeah. team start fast, play fast, and those things. I don't know. Uh, we're talking about Joe Burrow and injury and those things. I just want to see this team play fast because, man, when they play at their best, they are a fun team to watch. I mean, they are exactly what you want to see from an offensive football team. I want to see this team play well out the gate. All right, your game, Jags at the Colts. Uh, I mean, the conversation would be about Anthony Richardson. Uh, so much of Shane Steichen uh, and the conversation around him was the job that he did with Jalen Hurts. Well, now he has his own project in Anthony Richardson. How quickly can he get Anthony Richardson to play like Jalen Hurts? Uh, Anthony Richardson doesn't have the experience that Jalen Hurts had coming out of college at Oklahoma and Alabama, but coming out of Florida with only really a full season of starting experience, how long does it take him to kind of find his way and how long does it take the Colts to find their way? This first game where he's been kind of under wraps for the preseason, what happens when they, we take him out the, the plastic packaging and unleash yeah. Anthony Richardson on the world? To me, that that is the big thing coming out of this game. Yeah, on that side, I'm curious to see how much they run him. Um, that's something I'm keeping my eye on. And then for your Jags, I want to see Calvin Ridley. Um, you know, I haven't seen him on the field in a while. And everything you've told me, everything that we've heard about, everything that we've seen, looks like he's back to his old self as a true number one, getting dropped into a pretty dynamic young offense with Trevor Lawrence and with Doug Peterson calling the plays. So uh, Ridley, to me, is is the one I'm looking forward to. Is it the old Calvin Ridley? All right, let's keep it moving here. Let's go Tampa, Minnesota. Uh, so for Minnesota, I want to see Brian Flores' impact on this defense. I have no doubts that Kevin O'Connell will find a way to get this offense humming, regardless of the uh, subtraction of Adam Thielen. Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, that's good enough. You got Jordan Addison and those things. So offensively, they're going to be fine. Brian Flores putting his, 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 his imprint, his touch on this defense, that's what I want to see. Because they play good defense. Look, we, we, we've kind of dismissed them after winning the division last year, but maybe this team is a lot better than we think. A lot of it will, will determine will be determined by how well Brian Flores gets this defense to play. And I'll stay on the defense on the other side with Tampa. I feel like this defense is going to have to they're going to have to help take some pressure off Baker Mayfield and let him kind of ease into this thing. You know, Baker's been on several teams now in his young career. Um, I don't think you want this team to be driven through the quarterback. Tom Brady's not there anymore. It could be a quarterback team with Tom. It can't be a quarterback team now. So extra pressure on the defense. Uh, Can they get out there? Can they create some turnovers, get them some short fields, and just alleviate some of that pressure uh, on Baker Mayfield as their starting quarterback? All right, one more, then we'll take a break here. Let's go uh, Tennessee at New Orleans. Uh, Derek Carr. Derek Carr's debut. This Saints team should be the class of their division. And a lot of the reason why we believe that is because they have the best quarterback in the division, given 
his experience and the level of play that he's shown throughout his career. But Derek Carr has to take it up a notch down in the dome. This is a city and a franchise that Drew Brees is the bar, is the standard. Can Derek Carr get anywhere close to that standard when it comes to his performance, his play, his leadership ability? All eyes on Derek Carr, number four. Let's see what he looks like. Yeah, I think they're coming into the season as the favorite there. Uh, everybody feels like with the experience with Carr at the quarterback position is kind of a, the difference maker there. I, I'm going to go to the other side with Tennessee, the offensive line, Buck. They, they've just like wholesale changes for this group. They have been one of the more physical teams, even though I would say they weren't necessarily the most talented team up front, but they have a style, they have an identity. They gave big money to Andre Dillard, I think, which surprised a lot of people uh, in mm-hmm. the offseason. They've, they've swapped out a lot of names. They bring in Peter Skronsky in the draft. How does this group come together, number one? And number two, is it is it physical? Like, are they going to be the same physical Tennessee Titans they've been uh, since Mike Vrabel got there? That, to me, is, is my big question on that group. All right, we've got plenty more games to go here. Uh, coming up next, we're going to get to San Francisco and Pittsburgh. We'll do that right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. It's time for the MCS Game of the Week presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. This week, it's the 49ers at Steelers. The spread is minus two, favoring the Niners. The over-under is 41 and a half. DJ, let's talk about this game because this is one that I have been waiting on. Talk about (laughs) two teams that, in my estimation, two teams that really have Super Bowl aspirations. We can talk about the 49ers because uh, Brock Purdy coming back gives this offense kind of like that point guard that they need to get it going. We love the Niners in their positionless ball and different things that they can do. Christian McCaffrey, a second year in the system under Kyle Shanahan. Offensively, this team should be able to generate points. They should be able to do it in a physical fashion behind a running game. And I would call a catch and run pass attack that should allow them to really dictate the terms. So to me, the Niners coming into this one, they have everything that you look for from an offensive standpoint. Yeah, and getting Nick Bosa back is big. Um, I don't know how much of him we will see in this game. You know me, I've been it's been a Steelers offseason for me ever since I, I went there to their camp. I was blown away with just how physical they were, you know, day after day, grinding it, getting ready. I, you know, I think this Pittsburgh Steelers team is is ready to get out fast. Um, mm-hmm. and they've, you know, you're gonna play a physical team in the Niners, maybe the most physical team in the league. They, the Pittsburgh Steelers have been, in Mike Tomlin's words, mm-hmm. sparring. I mean, they have been getting after it. This is not a Pittsburgh Steelers team that's kind of like put their toe in the in the step in the shallow end and then going to kind of ease their way into the water. They went to training camp, dunked everybody in the deep end, and said, let's go. And, and I think they're going to be ready to go. I think that the Niners, the right side of their offensive line, is kind of that one question mark to mm-hmm. me. And, hey oh, now you've got T.J. Watt, you've got Highsmith, you've got Herbig, who's been awesome as a rookie. They've got dudes they can throw at them, and they can all run. Um, they're second level. Their defense is a little better. You've got Minka who can you know be mm-hmm. the traffic cop back there and make plays. And then on the other side, we've seen Kenny Pickett kind of take that next step. So 
you know, I know, I know we talk about the Niners being a team that folks are looking at to win this game and favorite to win this game. I, I like the Steelers, man, early. Now, maybe they meet week eight and Nick Bosa's got his legs underneath them, and maybe it's a different story. I'd be nervous right now if I were a 49er fan. I think this could be a, this is a very tough opener. Uh, DJ, you, uh, you may not know this about me, but the, the beginning of every season, I have like this little urge to be like, you know, man, I wish I could just kind of play one more time, run out the tunnel one more time. <laughs> DJ, I can absolutely say when I look at the schedule, there's only one game that I ask out of. I want no parts of being in the San Francisco 49er Pittsburgh Steelers game <laughs> because it should be the oh, most yeah. physical game that we watch all weekend. Both of these teams, their calling card is physicality over everything. Like mm-hmm. when in doubt, we're just going to knock them out. And so for Mike Tomlin to utilize the preseason to get his team ready, uh, it was with an eye towards the San Francisco 49er game in week one. We've heard about what happens after you play the Niners, uh, how you have a tough time getting back the next week. Most of the time, their teams lose following a, a, a battle with the Niners. This is one where they meet. They may meet their match in terms of the physicality. And so we can talk about the over-under being 41 and a half, the minus, minus two favoring the Niners. The one thing I know, uh, what was that in Rocky? What's the prediction? Pain. <laughs> clubber. Clubber lane. <laughs> clubber yeah, pain. Lane. A lot of pain. It's going to be a lot of pain for everybody involved. This is going to be a physical affair. I'm excited man, to watch. No doubt. No doubt, man. I'm looking forward to it. That was the MTS Game of the Week presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code MTS. That's code MTS only at DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. All right, DJ. So now we have the Arizona Cardinals and the Washington Commanders. Uh, good matchup in Washington. What are you looking for? What's the big question? Well, the first question is Arizona going to be as bad as we've talked about them being. You know, Josh Dobbs going to get the start, and we've kind of almost, you know, in some ways, given them the first overall pick. You know, this is a team that does not look good on paper. There's no Kyler Murray. Um, you know, it's, there's zero confidence that the Arizona Cardinals are going to be a good team. The question is, are they going to be a historically bad team? That sounds like a, a kind of a sad outlook on a game, but that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. I want to see, maybe maybe Arizona surprises. Maybe they're not as bad as we all think they are, but that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> there are a lot of things around the Cardinals that I'm curious about. One, everyone saw that the hype video when they showed Jonathan Gannon looking to, when he was talking to the team, and I would say, I wasn't inspired. I wasn't inspired. Maybe that doesn't mean. Did you take the mean, bus, Buck? Did you take the bus to the car? I don't know. I don't get it. I, I don't know. Like, I'm not inspired, but maybe it's a Jedi mind trick and his team would be ready to play. This game is interesting because the Cardinals have to deal with that part of it. People don't think they're talented enough. And then the questions with the commanders are, okay, this is Eric Bieniemy's debut as an offensive coordinator play caller. So we get a chance to see. We heard all the conversation, the prickly coaching style, guys not necessarily liking how hard he might have been on them. Well, now we're kicking it off week one. How does this team respond to him as the leader of that offense? That's the big question for me when I look at this game. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But I don't think it's the game of the week. Let's just put it that way. Uh, Not the game of the week. I would say that if I was on the couch having to watch football, I don't know if my clicker would That doesn't get one of the four. If you got four corners, that doesn't get one of the four corners. Yeah, it wouldn't be be in the quad box. Would not be in the quad (laughs) box. Uh, This would be an interesting one in the quad box. The Houston Texans at the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, A lot of excitement about the Ravens and this offense. Lamar Jackson, all these pass catchers and playmakers. Odell Beckham Jr., Zay Flowers, Rashad Bateman. 
uh, Mark Andrews, uh, new offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin. So the, 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 my eyes will be on the Baltimore Ravens offense and what it looks like now that we are giving Lamar Jackson what so many people want to see. Let's see him throw it all over the yard. I want to see if this style will make them more of a formidable Super Bowl contender or will it be one where they rank up a lot of stacks, but they're not the tough team to deal with like they had been in the past when they had that unorthodox style that was run heavy with a lot of option elements in it. Yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm looking at the other side and I'm thinking of the C.J. Stroud debut. And I don't know why this analogy came to me, Buck, but you know, when I was a kid, we weren't allowed to go to the movies. Like we didn't, I didn't get to go to the movies. So I was like 12 or 13, mm-hmm. and uh, and this was the the rules in the house. So I, I feel like C.J. Stroud, like his first movie is going to see The Exorcist. Like you. Let's get him a nice Disney movie here. Like, can we get an opponent that's made, like it's like some bunnies dancing around, some talking animals? Like, nope, we're gonna go play the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, that is not an easy team to play. It's not an easy environment at Baltimore. This has a chance to be a really, really good Ravens team. That's not an easy debut. So I'm just I'm looking to see is CJ Stroud overwhelmed. That's that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, it's a t- tough matchup. Everyone knows how how tough the Ravens traditionally are. It's another tough team offensively. Uh, a lot of people are excited about their offense. Defensively, there's some question marks. But you're right. The physicality, the toughness, and just the energy that the Baltimore Ravens are going to bring. And also, it's in Baltimore. Not the best environment for a rookie debut. Ooh, yeah, no, not so much. Green Bay at the Chicago Bears. Mm, DJ, I'm going to take Jordan the Chicago Love. Jordan I mean, Love. Is, Come on, is, Buck. That's is, the that's is, the headliner. I mean, that is the headliner. Like, it's the Jordan Love versus Justin Fields thing. But Jordan Love. Uh, can this team be better addition by subtraction? Hear me out before you stop the car and run off the road <laughs> thinking that I'm saying because they removed Aaron Rodgers, this team would be better. But no, can this team make what I would say is the offensive philosophy change that they need to be a better team in the postseason? Meaning less reliance on the quarterback, more reliance on the balanced offensive approach, meaning run game, doing it differently, playing a little more complimentary football to be able to get it done. Can that 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 shift, that play calling shift that Matt LaFleur would have to do with Jordan Love at quarterback, can it produce better results in the end? That's what I'm looking to see. Yeah, that, that's a that's the headliner. I agree with you on that one. Then uh, on the other side with the Bears, DJ Moore is a number one wideout. You know, does that do we see a different fields because of that? We saw his first touch in the preseason on a, on a quick screen. He took it to the house. Can you get easy completions in big plays? That's what I'm looking forward to seeing here with the Chicago Bears. Yeah, easy completion, big plays. And let's see if Justin Fields can take the next step and we can see that next step. Speaking of the next step, what's the next step in the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Denver Broncos? Uh, my eyes are going to go towards Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. Uh, Sean Payton was brought to Denver to not only fix the franchise, but really to fix the veteran quarterback. Everyone knows that uh, Russell Wilson had an affinity for Drew Brees and how Drew Brees was able to play. Well, now he gets to play for Drew Brees' old coach and Sean Payton. Can Sean Payton show the old dogs some new tricks that helps him kind of bounce back from the worst season of his NFL career? Russell Wilson has to play well for this team to have any chance of being able to put some wins in the win column. I want to see what Sean Payton does to help Russell Wilson find, refine, rediscover his game so he can play at a high level this season. And on the other side with the Raiders going against that offense, you know, seeing Max Crosby, who we know what he is, and then Tyree Wilson on the other side, you've got two guys that, with unique skill sets that could pose a challenge here uh, to this offense for the Denver Broncos. So looking for that. And then on the offensive side for the Raiders, 
we've discussed it in the past, you know, better, better to have talent or fit. They sacrifice some talent in favor of fit at the quarterback position. Now, how does that work out with Garoppolo there with Josh McDaniels? We'll find out. That's the, uh, that's the question I'm looking forward to getting answered uh, in that one. Yeah, that's a big one. Huge question. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles at the New England Patriots. Uh, let's go to New England. Can it just look better? Can we get better operation times and, and just uh, coaching from uh, Bill O'Brien taking over for whatever it was last year, Matt Patricia <laughs> and that stuff. And even though I was bullish on it, that I can now get a mulligan. Bill O'Brien taking over the Patriots offense. Can Mac Jones uh, regain his Pro Bowl form? He showed that as a rookie, took a step back last season. Now with Bill O'Brien in charge, can he get the young guy, the third-year player, to play at a more efficient uh, rate? If he's efficient, if he can get the ball out of his hands with his running game, maybe they can muster enough points to make this a competitive contest. But a lot of this would be the shell game that Bill O'Brien has to play with. Uh, I would say a, a Patriots offense that doesn't have a lot of high-end talent on the outside. Yeah, and on the other side, I'm looking at the uh, the Eagles' defense specifically Jalen Carter. I, I want to see him for a full game, how they use him. Can we do we get the dominant player that we saw at Georgia? Because it, you know, I, I thought he was the most talented player in last year's draft class. What does he look like getting a chance to run out there uh, with some consistent snaps? This this Eagles team last year, Buck, 70 sacks, four guys with eleven sacks or, or more. Ridiculous. Uh, do they do they repeat that? Can they heat up Mac Jones in this one? And can they stop the run well enough to to get those pass rush opportunities? Because I I got to believe that New England's going to come out there and try and run the football. If they drop back Mac Jones forty times in this game, he's going to get his head knocked off. So uh, that that's one of the things I'm looking at that Philly front. What what do we uh, what do we got next year? Oh, this is your game: the Miami Dolphins versus the L.A. Chargers. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa is back, beefed up, little husky Tua Tagovailoa. <laughs> some jujitsu in the offseason to protect himself uh, so he can learn how to fall and land right so he can be available for his team. The evolution of this offense. Last year, we fell in love with the offense because it's really a video game offense. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Water running all over the field. Both of those guys had a thousand yard season. But now we need the running game somehow included into that to alleviate some of the pressure on Tua Tungvaloa. So what does Mike McDaniels, what does he do to get this offense humming right out the gate? Let's see stylistically if the Miami Dolphins look any different or if they're still reliant on the passing game and Tua Tungvaloa just throwing it to the track guys on the outside. And on the other side, the Chargers had no run game last year. I believe they were 30th in the league. They get Rashawn Slater back healthy. Uh, Jamari Sawyer, who was a, a really a, a godsend last year playing a tackle in his place, he slides inside to guard. Uh, they've got Zion Johnson a, another year in the league, now year two. Big expectations there. This has the makings of one of the better offensive lines in the league with Austin Eckler back there. I think they find their run game with Kellen Moore, uh, but that to me is the question. Can, can they run the ball offensively? Can they stop the ball defensively? Uh, those are the questions that the Chargers need to get answered in that game. I'm pretty bullish on this team uh, with the mm-hmm. roster where it is right now, but uh, we'll find out for sure at 125 on uh, on Sunday afternoon at SoFi. Well, we're going to find out not only about that team, but we're going to find out about the L.A. Rams and the Seattle Seahawks because that game, the revelation will be about uh, are the Seattle Seahawks for real? Uh, last year, it was a feel-good story. Geno Smith took over. This team found its way into the playoffs. But now there are expectations around the Seahawks. Uh, offensively, they are lights out. Uh, JSN, Jack Smith, and Jigba may not be available because of the wrist surgery. He may oh, not yeah, be I think he's going to play. The latest I yeah. saw was that he is going to play. So we'll see him so, out there. So if he has an opportunity to play, you talk about, man, uh, an offense that is, is locked and loaded on the perimeter. But then in the backfield, Zach Charbonnet, 
teaming up with Kendall Walker to give this running game uh, a little more. <clears throat> and then with Geno Smith taking the next step, offensively, this team is good. This team is ready to go. They just need the defense to kind of step up. If the defense steps up, we're talking about this team and the Niners really duking it out for supremacy in the NFC West. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the other side with the Rams. I don't know what to expect from this team. No Cooper Cup. That's a huge loss. You know, we haven't seen Stafford in the preseason, so we're you know we're assuming he's healthy and ready to rock and roll. Um, but man, he's going to have to really grit his teeth and try and lift the level of this of this offense because there's not a whole lot around him. So uh, that's one I'm keeping an eye on there. The Rams. It doesn't look like a great team on paper. Maybe they can surprise us. I love Sean McVay. I think he's a great coach. Stafford still has tons of ability, uh, but man, they are they are playing a lot of young players on both sides of the ball and and relying on a lot of unproven players. Um, so we'll see, you know, what that looks like with the Rams. Uh, we got two more here, Buck. What we got? Here we go. Dallas Cowboys at the New York Giants. Uh, let's go with the Dallas Cowboys, America's team. Everyone is going to look at number four, Dak Prescott. Uh, the excuses are all done. Uh, you like the weapons and the firepower that he has on the outside. You, you love what they've done to make sure that the offensive line is ready to go. Zach Martin was signed to that extension. You still have Tyron Smith coming back. We just saw them give big money to Terrence Steele. Okay, so we got the protection. We got the playmakers. Now it's all about the passer, and that is Dak Prescott. How well does he adapt and adjust to running Mike McCarthy's version of this offense compared to Kellen Moore's? How he responds, how he handles having more command, more control at the line of scrimmage. It's going to be telling and really revealing on Dak Prescott and where he deserves to be uh, in that, that QB pecking order around the National Football League. Yeah, a lot, a lot of eyeballs going to be on him. Uh, when we get to the other side, the Giants spent the offseason trying to get faster. The Cowboys' defense has been kind of an ag overly aggressive. Think about the, the turnovers they generate, Buck, but they'll give up some big plays. So the Giants now have the speed maybe to capitalize on some of those risks. So, you know, can they hit some home run balls and be more dynamic on offense? That's what I'm looking forward to seeing from the Giants. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, now let's go. We talk about New York's having a New York State of mind. Buffalo at the New York Jets, two New York teams, Western New York representing the city, then going against the city and the Jets. It's all about Aaron Rodgers. Like we can talk about all the other stuff, Josh Allen, what's going to happen. This is about Aaron Rodgers making his debut performance in a Jets uniform at home on a big stage on Monday night. Does Aaron still have the game left to be another MVP player at that position? Had won for Green Bay last year was not a great year for Aaron Rodgers. He goes to New York. He has done everything, I would say, that you can do to be a leader, to kind of galvanize the team. Now it comes down to the performance. Can he flash enough where his Jets teammates look around and say, oh, we got a chance. We got a chance because we have that guy at quarterback. I want to see if some vintage Aaron Rodgers comes out in this big Monday night matchup. You know, one of the things about Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if everybody understands. One, one of the reasons why he's so happy with the Jets uh, is that they have given him ownership in this in this offense. In other words, like this is not quarterback Aaron Rodgers. This is quarterback slash semi-offensive coordinator Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. you, know, you talk about installs. You talk about game plans, having input there. It, that's one thing. You know, every quarterback, hey, I like this. I don't like that. I don't know how many of them get, are getting up in front of the whole room and going over, hey, this is what we're doing here. You know, question, ask a, ask a member of your team, hey, what happens when they do this? And, and put them on the spot. Answer that question. Like the ability to teach hold guys accountable and still be your starting quarterback. Like I know people are uh, sick of hearing about this, but there, there aren't many guys that can do all of that stuff that, and also have the presence that they don't piss off your players. They're like, dude, that's, that's a four-time MVP. 
He's just given me the answers to the test. I need to pay attention. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot to jump into. And it's also a lot for a young guy to come in there. But what we've seen is the young guys respect and revere Aaron Rodgers because they all grew up watching Aaron Rodgers. They played with him on the video game. They they see him as that four-time MVP. So they're really willing to listen and heed his sage words of advice and the wisdom that he's able to dispense on a daily basis. But now you want to see is, can he play to the level where they can get over the hump? Great player throughout his his history, but can you be great at 40? That's why we want to tune in and see what Aaron Rodgers does. And on the other side of it, you know, Buffalo, I think, probably feels disrespected. Uh, I'm sure they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jets have taken up all the oxygen in the room. They have been the team everybody's talked about. New England's had storylines because you got a new offensive coordinator. Miami, you know, Tua gets a lot of attention. This offense, how dynamic and explosive they are. And here the Bills have just quietly owned this division for quite some time. This is a statement game for both of these teams. It's mm-hmm. a statement game that, okay, the Jets are for real. This is a They, they have arrived. They are a championship-caliber team. Or this is the Buffalo Bills saying they're who they've always been and we're who we've always been. I think it's a big-time statement game for the Bills. It's a huge statement game. they got to step up. Uh, we, we've kind of kind of pushed them to the side and kind of thrown them out of that category as title contenders just because of the defections uh, over the offseason. And, I don't know, maybe we're kind of bored with them being a title contender without them really having uh, anything to show for their yeah, efforts. Didn't get to and a so Super Bowl. maybe – yeah, maybe this is the time where they kind of fly under the radar. Also, this is important to watch. Sean McDermott taking over the defensive play caller. Leslie Frazier isn't there anymore. He's working with us. Sean McDermott being the head coach defensive play caller. Does it change the synergy of this defensive team? Yeah, they always play hard, and they've uh, they've been the best team in that division for a while. So we'll see what that looks like. Um, good job, Buck, taking us through that. That is every game. That's a little nugget, a little question we're looking forward to get answered. Uh, do want to uh, leave everybody with this as well. Five days a week. We've hinted at giving you more Move the Sticks. This week we had four episodes. Next week starts our new five-day-a-week schedule. So we're going to have pods for you every single day, Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have a lot of fun uh, along the way. We've, we've incorporated some new things. That little rookie draft is going to be fun. Uh, we'll recap how that uh, went next week and, and and do a new draft for that week's games. But uh, we're going to be able to touch on college. We're going to touch on NFL preview, also react to what's going on, and then mix in some of our own uh, you know topics and conversations and trends where we see the league heading. But uh, never done five in a, in a week before, Buck. It's going to be fun this year, man. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, we appreciate all the listeners who've really been with us from the beginning. Uh, we're inching closer to, what, a 1,000? episodes yes. like we, yeah we're getting we're there. getting close like who would have thought like way 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 back when we got together that we would make it this far but it's only because you guys have been really loyal listeners we appreciate it so i just saw we're on 985 15 away wow. from in a thousand that means in three weeks three weeks yeah. we should have cake and ice cream for everybody cake and ice cream we celebrate the thousand episode and do it the right way but we've only been able to do it because you guys have been able to be with us every step of the way yeah, we appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. And again, all those uh, ratings and reviews you guys give us, uh, we appreciate those as well. All right, that's going to do it for us. We'll be back next week with, again, five fresh new episodes of Move the Six. Until then, enjoy your football weekend, everybody. Uh, I know we will. We cannot wait. We'll be back to break it all down next week right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling... 
tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.